You're listening to Pondering the Bible, a deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season nine, episode one, but as always, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we just finished Ephesians. I really enjoyed that. That was a I great study. I enjoyed it. But now it's time to change topics. And so where are we going to go now? Well, this coming Sunday in the liturgical church is All Saints Sunday. Uh, the first Sunday in November is always is always for celebrating um, saints who have passed away and gone on to glory in the last year. So uh, our service this Sunday is going to be focused around... Uh, who have we lost that was significant to us in the past 12 months? And we'll, we'll have people stand up and acknowledge them and light candles for them. Uh, and the whole theme of the service will, will focus around moving on to heaven and the assurance that, that there is a heaven. Outstanding. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Well, tonight I'm going with John chapter 14. Uh, we are moving into the Gospel of John, and we're going to stay in John as much as I can until we get to Easter. So buckle up for about six months of John. Uh, so tonight we're in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. And I, I think these, as soon as I start reading, this will be familiar to a lot of people. Tonight I am reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It is a much more technically accurate translation than the NLT, but still with an Arminian theology behind it. So that's why I chose this one tonight. Okay. Jesus is speaking. Your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Amen. Okay, I'll agree with you. When I first read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know this this verse, at least, teen one, let not your heart be troubled, right? You hear that a lot. It's, it's yes. a, this uplifting kind of scripture reading to keep the hope alive, right? Part of our part of that has worked its way into our communion service. Now lift up your hearts. Yeah, That's we lift them where up that the Lord, comes from. Right? <laughs> okay, interesting. I didn't I didn't put that together. Okay. So, let's put a little context on it. We love context. So, yeah. we said Jesus was talking and we know that Thomas the apostle speaks up in this one. Right. Who is he who, who all is here? Where are we? And what are we talking about to get to this? This is the Last Supper. Oh, okay. This is in the gathering in the upper room where Jesus shares the Last Supper with the 12 apostles just before he heads over to the Garden of Gethsemane where he will be arrested. But three really important things have just happened. Jesus has just told them in absolutely no uncertain terms, I am going to die in the next 24 hours. Hmm. And he's been hinting at that and, and even lightly bringing it to them for the last several months. Uh, but tonight he just flat out says it to them. I'm going to die. 
Right. The second thing that's happened is Judas has been identified as the betrayer, and Jesus has released him from the supper so that he can go betray Christ and and bring the arresting uh, officers to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. And the third thing is that Peter has just spouted off about, I'm so loyal, man, I would never betray you. And Jesus has just notified Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the sun even comes up. Right. So it's been up. He's just dumped a bunch of really bad news on them. Right. (laughs) But then he turns and now he says, right, your heart must not be troubled. He tries to bring them back. Right. So that's good. It's, it's, you know, it, he, he basically has two quick things then to, to finish that section with. And the first one is, you know, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they would have to, they would, must have all had shocked looks on their faces like, look what's just happened in the last 15 minutes. Why, why wouldn't we, you know, why, why would we be happy? Right. And Jesus says, basically, because I'm God. Right. You believe in my Father, believe also in me. It's a very classic Greek way of saying, if it's true for A, it's true for B. So if the Father is God, then I am God. Yeah. So be happy because this is all under my authority. You believe God controls everything, then you got to believe that this is under my control. So be happy. What Everything that's going to happen is what I want to happen. And they're going to have a hard time coping with that. Oh, yeah. but, but that's a message that Jesus wants us to get all the time. You know, in any of the hardship in your life, still know that I am God and, and I have it under control. Yeah, I always think of Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I need that a few times a day. <laughs> okay. So then let's move in then to verse two. And yeah. I've got the Holloman as well. Two, in my father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you, I am going away to prepare a place for you. So what are the dwelling places and, and what's he talking about yeah. here? Yeah. In this verse is, if it weren't true, I would have told you. So he told us in verse one, I'm God. Right. In verse two, he says, God doesn't lie. Okay. So everything that's going to come after this, you can absolutely believe is the truth. No matter what the rest of the world tells you, what I'm about to say is the truth. And he says, I am going to heaven to create a mansion for you. Right. It's really interesting. He uses the word monei, and it's translated here in, in Holman as... Dwelling places. Yeah, dwelling places. Right, yeah. places is mansions. Some some have it as rooms. <clears throat> right. That same word in verse 23 is going to be translated as large house or mansion. So why is it just a room or a dwelling place here? The first time uh, the Bible was ever translated into English was the King James right. authorized version. And it had to be approved by the king. And only a king gets a mansion. Oh, okay. Well. Joe Average doesn't get a mansion. <laughs> oh, He'd no. be lucky to get a home or uh, a shack, should, right? <laughs> should be happy if he's just got a room in somebody else's right. house. And out of fear of offending the king, uh, in the King James Version, it was translated then as, uh, I've gone to prepare a place for you or a room for you. And out of respect for how well this verse is loved, most translations stay with a, a smaller image presentation. But the word itself literally means 
a mansion. So that's what I'm getting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus getting said so. He just said he tells the truth and then he promised me a mansion. <laughs> and as I recall, you, you two are getting, you and your wife are getting rooms together. We are. Yeah. We are. We're having adjoining homes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My mansion's to the left, you're to the right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a callback to an old episode. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Verse three then. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. Okay, so what am I thinking here? Is he foreshadowing the parousia here? He is. Okay. That's exactly what he's referring to. He just got done telling him, I'm going to die. Right. So now he's, he's promising that he will come back, and you might go, oh, well, he just means the resurrection. No, his He's preparing mansions for us. So this is post-resurrection, pre-parousia. You got that exactly right. But he's just, he's just reminded us that he never lies. So the only reason he's going away is to get heaven ready for us. He wouldn't bother to go and do that if he wasn't going to come back and get us. So, so many people today accept that Jesus was real. They accept that uh, Jesus was God but they're not 100% sure that heaven is real and that there really is life after death. Mm -hmm. Jesus promises in verse 3, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be wasting my time building a mansion for you if there wasn't if I wasn't going to come back and get you and take you there. And the the verse that where I am you may also be implies eternity. So he's clearly talking about heaven, right. and he's clearly promising that he will return after, after the ascension, and he will take us all to heaven forever. He's just promised that in verse 3. Outstanding. Okay, let's take 4 and 5 together. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus says, you know the way to where I am going. Five, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? So what is the way? To where he is going. You don't know the way. Do you know the way? I love that Thomas is so honest. Yeah. Joe's like, oh, <laughs> chief, we don't know a thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm sure the rest of the guys were standing there nodding, going, yeah, uh huh, yeah, yeah. And then looking at each other, going, do you know where I went? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But Thomas spits it right out. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Right. And it's, it, here is why Thomas is so confused. Uh, in the year 586 BC, the Babylonians have spent a year laying siege to the city of Jerusalem. And on October 25th, 21st of 586, the city falls. They smash through the city gates. They go to the holy temple. They steal all of the, the golden implements from the holy place in the temple. They rip the temple down. They steal anything of any value in the city. They burn the city and they pack up all the residents that are able-bodied and able-minded and they walk them, march them back to Babylon, to the city of Babylon to become slaves. That is phenomenally demoralizing and and crushing Absolutely. to the Jews because the temple is where the God who created everything lives. Now they know that God is everywhere in the earth, but they had this, this you know, emphatic belief that he was in the Ark of the Covenant, in the Holy of Holies, in the middle of the temple. And and they watch it just be destroyed and and most possibly the ark itself carried off and away. And they are crushed. How could how could this happen to our God? How could God let this happen to us? This is unfathomable. This was this was massively destructive to their 
emotional and spiritual well-being. They spend the next 70 years as slaves in Babylon, and two very important groups come out of this, and they both come out of it struggling with the question, why did this happen? And the first group that develops from that question are the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees come to the conclusion it happened because we weren't good enough. If we'd been just a little bit better, God would have protected us. God would have kept his promises. So we have to all be better. So we've got to memorize the entire Bible. We've all got to never miss a Sunday or a Saturday at synagogue. We've got to all be sinless ourselves. So don't talk to people who sin. Definitely don't touch right. people who sin because sin can be transferred. And and in fact, we got to get rid of the sinners from amongst us. So if you know of someone who's sinning, publicly shame them, call them out on their sin, ridicule and humiliate them so that they are driven from our midst so this will never happen to us again. That's the Pharisees. Okay. And, then in, and if that happens, if we do that, we will all go to heaven. The other group that comes out of the question, why did this happen? are the Sadducees, and they go in the complete opposite direction. They're like, there is a God, and he did make everything, and he made us, and then he walked away. Mm. He abandoned us. He gave us the Bible. Well, he gave us the first five books of the Bible, the ones that come from Moses. That's the only ones that you actually have to pay attention to, just those five. And those are rules on how to live your best life. But they're not hard and fast. You can break those rules. It's just don't expect to have quite as good of a life if you do. But God is not here. God does not hear your prayers. And there is no heaven. This life is all there is. So live your life any way you want to, to get the maximum out of it, whatever works for you. Those are, so those are the two groups that come out of the exile in Babylon. Eventually, when they all go back to Jerusalem, the Pharisees become a very devout, righteous sect. The Sadducees, who have sort of this do-whatever-you-want attitude— end up becoming the primary politicians and and wealthy people of Israel. Yeah, the ruling class. And you might go, well, where do the priests stand up on this? Because we know there were temple priests. Well, the temple priests are like, theology? What's that got to do with religion? We don't don't (laughs) care whether there's a heaven or not. Our job is to hold ceremonies. Right. That's what a priest does. We carry bowls of water. We burn meat on an altar. We go in once a year and atone for your sin. That's religion. That's what we do. So by the time Jesus comes along, those those three groups, priests, Pharisees, and, and Sadducees, account for about 5% of the population. Okay. The other 95% of the population is what we call Am Haaretz, people of the land. They are dirt poor. They work seven days a week to survive. Um, they don't own hardly anything but the clothes on their back. Right. And because of that, they are told routinely by the Pharisees, you're too big of a sinner to go to heaven. And they're told routinely by the Sadducees, there is no heaven anyway. So when Jesus says, I'm going to heaven to repair, to prepare a place for you, a mansion for you, and you know how to get there, Thomas, who is Amha Aretz, is honest enough to go, no, the, 
I only know two things about heaven and they're both really bad. Either <laughs> I'm not good enough or it doesn't even exist. So no, I don't know how to get there. <laughs> it's a great answer from Thomas. Right. It's a good question, right? How do we do it? Okay. That was interesting. Then let's jump into verse six. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's a famous verse. Yeah. Uh, no one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, so what is the answer to how to get to heaven? Jesus says three things about himself. I am the way. And there's two different meanings that can be ascribed to this. And I think Jesus meant both of them. Mm. I think he meant, I am literally the path. Uh, you, have to, you have to be on me. Uh, you can't get to heaven yourself. You're just not right. capable. So it's going to take me to get you there. I'm the only way. And I think he's talking about the uh, redemption of our sins, the atonement for our sins that only Jesus can do, you and I aren't capable of. So in that in that respect, he's the way. But the other way, and, and I think Jesus means this also, that he's the way is if you roll into a town in the days before GPS and ask a local, <laughs> you know, how do I get to Fred's store? Man, you might get some crazy direct. Well, yeah. you know, you go down to the big green dumpster, not the little green, the big green dumpster, and you hang a right. Well, it's a half right, and you, and you do this and this and this, and then maybe you'll be close enough that you can see it, you know. Can't miss it. Can't miss it. <laughs> or sometimes you'd find a local who'd say, you know what? Follow me. I'll show you how to get there. Right. And I think Jesus means that as well. I Not only am I the path, but I'm the I'm the leader the guide, on the path. Yeah. I'm the guide. So I'm the one that's going to get you there in, in two different ways. I really believe that's that's what he's saying. Okay. Second thing he says is, I'm the truth. And I think that's a direct hit on don't believe the Pharisees. It's not about how good you are. And don't believe the Sadducees. There is, in fact, a heaven. Uh, listen to me. I promised you back in verse 2, I would always tell you the truth. And so I'm just going to say now in verse 6, I am the truth. Listen to me about how this works. And then he says, I am the life, right? I am heaven eternal. So if you if you trust me, if you believe in me, and that word believe has come to mean a lot of different things, yeah. but if you believe in me, you will live eternally as well. And then he says, one of the most important things that's in the entire Bible, no one comes to the Father except through me. And my understanding of that is that only Christians who put their complete and total faith in Jesus go to heaven. You cannot get to the Father except through the Son. Now, you and I just left another denomination, and our old denomination produced its its own Bible, its own study Bible. And I, I referenced that and read through that tonight before I came. And in that study Bible, it says, verse 6 has been heinously mistranslated by Christians for centuries to mean that only Christians go to heaven. That's not what Jesus is saying. There are many ways to get to heaven. Jesus is just saying he's the best. Mm. And I want to stand here and categorically deny that right now. Jesus does not give credence to any other path to heaven. There is only Jesus. Nothing else will work. And, and I am I am an adamant believer of, of that. I'm with you. All right. Then we got one more verse, verse 7. Jesus is again talking. If you know me, you will also know my Father. 
from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Okay, so what's this about? You know, he he basically says, if I'm the son of God, then I am God. There we go, right? So I've just, I've just told you God. I've promised you back in verse 2, I will only tell you the truth. So I've bookended at the beginning and the end by saying, everything I'm going to tell you is the truth. And then in verse 7, everything I just told you is the truth. So here's something. If you and I genuinely believe that Jesus is God, then we have to believe he told us the truth. And if he told us the truth, here's what you and I know for a fact. Heaven is a real place. Followers of Jesus Christ will go to heaven when he gathers us up and takes us there. And we will live there eternally. That's good news. It is good news. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, this is a, there's a lot of famous poll quotes. If you yes, from there are. One. Yeah. You know, I am the way, the, the, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. We've heard that one plenty of times. And like I said, the first one, let not your heart be troubled. Yeah. That's always a good one, too. So, it's a, it's a pretty famous poll. It really is. Uh, section of, of scripture, if you will. Anything else that you want to cover on this one? You know, for me, this is the perfect all saints scripture because we're promising the people out in the, in the church who are mourning someone they've lost this last year, that that person, if they are a Christian, are still alive. They are in heaven and they are happier than they've ever been before. So lift up your hearts. All saints should be a good day. Amen. All right. So have you given a sermon title for this? Calling this one Heaven is Real, because there's a lot of debate about that these days, even within the Christian community. There is. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure I I have one belief and this <laughs> that heaven is real. Anyway, if you'd like to listen to the sermon, it'll be that Rocky Delivers will be at our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, go down to Sermons, look for the sermon, Heaven is Real. And this will have been delivered on November 5th, 2023. So this is All Saints Sunday. Yes. What's going on next week? Well, the last Sunday in November is traditionally Christ the King. Sunday, where we celebrate Jesus inhabiting the office of king, supreme ruler of the universe. But Jesus actually held three offices, prophet, priest, and king. And so I've decided we rarely ever do topical studies, but for the month of November, we are. So uh, next week, we're going to examine Christ the prophet, the week after that, Christ the priest, and then finally, Christ the king on that Sunday. And I hope to take all of those from John's scriptures. I look forward to it. All right. So as we wrap this episode up, remember the famous words of Bill Murray, whatever you do, always give 100% unless you're giving blood. <laughs> and with that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Elson reminding you to love God and be nice to people. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. <laughs>